Morning Liberty. Well, Well, what what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here. (laughs) I just thought we were going to go with it. Charles, Chuck, the most hated Thompson. With me, as always, the beloved, benevolent, wonderful Mr. Nathaniel Mm -hmm. Paul Thurston. Mm -hmm. Thank you again for being a part of this show. You don't so. have to thank me, Charlie. It's my job. Someone has to do it. Well, okay. I, I just want to show appreciation. I, once again, I am very appreciative of you appreciating me for being here. Exactly. All right. It's Monday, by mm-hmm. the way, December 20th, 2021, year of our Lord, 2021. We are heading into... Amen and a woman. We are heading into Christmas coming up here at the end of the week. It's still a thing, mm-hmm. I think, if we're allowed to have it still this year. I don't know if anyone is... Uh, changing any of their travel plans through fear of death. Uh, but if you are, then that's okay. That's your business if you want to do that. Through fear of death or positive. what Same thing. They mean the same. E- either one. Yeah. And so we are going to be having a bit of a short week this week, but the Dumb Bleep recap episodes for the Dumb Bleep of the Year are going to continue coming out. So there will be something new. Well, okay. There'll be an, an episode posted every day this week still. A lot of dumb bleeps this year, by the way. And the following week them. is uh, New Year's. It is. The 2021 is almost over. It's almost over. Make sure that you are prepared for 2022. Don't let 2022 get away from you like you let 2021 get away from you, okay? Decide what it is. Figure out what it is you did wrong and what it is you're going to change and do better in 2022 that's the it's the time of reflection every year mm-hmm. you, you just start reflecting on what is it that i wish i would have done differently this year i got a few things that i that i could have done differently you know i've got a whole list for you big list for me <laughs> that's good we'll have to go yeah. over that later yeah and see uh so anyway i don't know if you guys heard but this omicron thing um just it's everywhere and we're probably all gonna die so act accordingly. Act as if you're about to die from Omicron. Now, people have died from it, so we're not making fun of the fact that this does, in fact, cause death. We were questioning that at first because it took so long for anyone to die from the thing. But over there in the UK, they are really freaking out. Europe mm. is just in panic mode at the moment through this, through this thing. So let me give you the updates. The market was down a bunch today because people are worried we're about to go back into lockdowns. The cases are spiking up because that's what we pay attention to is the cases. You want to know every single time someone is sick. That's uh, that's the thing that you want to know because we've always had little bottom of the screen tickers telling us every single time that someone got sick. You know, that's yeah. just a, that's a thing that we do. But maybe this is more severe than a normal normal common cold, but it seems to be less severe than a normal COVID-19. So a UK has reported 10,000 jump, a 10,000 person jump in Omicron cases and the deaths have risen to seven, seven, seven. That's, I don't, I uh, do not like the fact that any of those people died. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm highly against that. All right. Step one panic, step two call, the CDC. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, we did go. Hope uh, everyone's at home today. We did go officially to seven, seven minute, seven minute abs. There are a lot of good. There's a lot of good sevens and some bad sevens. I don't know. Cases in the United Kingdom of the fast spreading 
Omicron, you know they have that thing that they say before the variant. Uh, for Delta, it was highly contagious. The highly contagious Delta variant. Now the thing is, uh, cases in the UK of the fast-spreading variant of the coronavirus, Omicron, Omicron, jumped sharply to almost 25,000, while the total number of reported deaths among people with it so far rose to seven, according to British health authorities. Confirm Omicron variant COVID-19 cases. What's the f- numbers on that? Can someone tell me the numbers? Confirmed Omicron variant COVID-19 cases hit 24,968 as of December 17th. So there might have been more. There could have been a couple more people that got it or that died from it. Uh, from just 10,000 cases 24 hours earlier. Now, is there any trickery in the numbers there that they happen to report a whole bunch of them on one day? I don't know. This thing seems to spread pretty quick, so we'll pay attention to it. Deaths of people who had the Omicron strain rose to seven on December 16th. And, and so this is a part that actually matters. So they've been comparing Omicron to the common cold. It's like common cold mixed with coronavirus is what you're getting. Well, coronavirus is already part of the common cold season, but the COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, it's like a mixture of that. There was a Forbes article that read, and I'm not paying to read Forbes. They switched over to you got to pay oh, for them. Oh, no, Bubba. The article headline was seven deaths from Omicron in UK proving it's not just the common cold. So all you people who thought that this wasn't going to be serious, you better get scared. Get freaking scared because seven deaths have occurred. This is not the common cold. How many people on average die per week in the UK from the common cold? 10 to 14. Something like that. On average. But the seven deaths from Omicron proved that this is just not the common cold. Mm. Okay. About 100 million people visit their physicians every single year in the U.S. because of the common cold. 50% of those are the rhinovirus. About 20% of those are the coronavirus and those other various things other than that. So about 100 million people visit their physicians because they have the common cold. And a whole bunch of them get prescribed antibiotics and stuff like that. I'm not saying they're the exact same thing. I'm just saying... If we're going to take the numbers in stride here and say that seven people dying proves that this is not the common cold, I think we should check and make sure that that's a way more than the amount of people that normally die from the common cold. And what normally happens I mean, there, they're not wrong. It, it's proving it's not just the common cold, it, which it's less, it's less, it's right less now. than the common cold. Now, death numbers on the common cold are really hard to find. I had to go all the way to page three of Google to finally find that there was a page on the CDC's website that that had the deaths from the common cold. Most of them are old people. Um, there some some young people too can end up causing other infections that turn into you know, pneumonia stuff like that. You know, you end up end up getting something like that. So. Uh, anyway, we don't like it when people die, but this is, of course, getting everyone super panicked. And what most of the articles talk about is the amount of cases, all the cases. And, of course, we're starting to get the panic about the healthcare system being overwhelmed again. Another important statistic was out of the 25,000 people that they say have Omicron right now, um, 85 of them have been hospitalized. I don't know what the numbers are on that, but that's a uh, pretty low it seems seems to be pretty low, and seven of those people have died. So if we can get a, a number crunch on that real quick, let's just see. Well, what are we going to do here? Let's do 85 uh, divided by 25,000. But remember, folks, the most important thing here is how many cases there are. Because yes. that's 
the determining factor on your freakout level? That is 0.003. So 0.03% have been hospitalized. And let's just do seven divided by... Now, the numbers are going to be lagging. We know this normally can take a couple weeks. Okay, so there could be some more people that end up dying from this. And so let's just be, let's just be crazy. We'll do 14 divided by 25,000 and just see what that comes out to. We will up the deaths by 100%. And um, we'll come out with a 0.0005. So 0.005% of the cases have resulted in a death so far. That's at 14, not at 7. It's actually uh, less than that. So 0.0025. I'm honestly upset at myself for coming into the office to do a show today I know. it's very dangerous it's um this is uh, this is getting out of hand we need liberty now more than ever but folks covid isn't finished with us okay nice not, segue there there you go it's not finished with us here this is from axios we got to take a break and talk about our sponsor BetterHelp. is there something interfering with your happiness something preventing you from achieving your goals i've gone through this before Charlie's gone through this before. He uses BetterHelp himself. I've gone and talked to counselors before. Sometimes maybe you're being a little bit too hard on yourself. Maybe there's a different perspective that you need to look out for. Taking care of your mental health is something that is very important and it's also very possible. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You're going to connect in a safe and private online environment. So much more convenient than fighting traffic, going into the office somewhere. You just get on the app and talk to someone. You can start talking to them in under 24 hours. This is not some self-help app. This is actual professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime, and you're going to get a timely and thoughtful response. And you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to go to that freaking waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to giving you great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. If they match you up with someone and you don't like them, you can switch over to someone else. It's more affordable than actually going into the office because you're just doing it over an app. And this is available worldwide. You got expertise in so many different areas. Depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family, grief, self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. This is very convenient, it's professional, it's affordable because you're doing it through an app instead of going into the office. You can go to the website and check out the testimonials. And by the way, this is not a crisis line. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. There's a reason for that because a lot of people are using this app to get help. If you wanna start living a happier life today as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash GML. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Omicron. I just think of Optimus Prime every time. <laughs> A lot of people have made that joke too, so you weren't so far out of hand when you made that the first Omicron. time. Dear humans, the Omicron is present is spreading so fast that it's forcing officials' hands and scrambling Americans' plans just two weeks after an Axios uh, poll. Ipsos. Axios Ipsos poll found that most weren't interested in upending their lives to avoid the new variant. 
Imagine that. People are sick of it. Quote, this virus is extraordinary. It has a doubling time of anywhere from two to three days. NIAID director Fauci told Jake Tapper on CNN State of the Union Sunday. So it's actually just, you know, this is a fast uh, duplicating virus. It's doubling quick. It seems like we, we should just, I mean, it's too late from what I hear with that. I mean, within a, within a couple of weeks, we're all going to have it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. President Biden and what Tom said in here, too, is like so many NFL players, NHL players, everybody's testing positive. So now they're looking at changing the rules to only testing symptomatic people. <laughs> yeah, That way they can still play their sports. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw the Preds are pushing back their schedule, right? Uh, past uh, past Christmas, they're I taking so. a breakthrough there, pretty sure. Yeah, because they have like, I don't know, 14 or 15 people out. Yeah. President Biden plans <clears throat> to deliver remarks Tuesday. But can I cut in real quick before you do this? I was talking to Lacey's family over the weekend. Do you guys remember? Oh, personal story right in the middle of my story. Well, it has to do with this, but do you remember when Michael Jordan played with the flu in the NBA finals? It was and a you hero. Saw, you saw that shot of someone holding him up and like caring because he was like collapsing and about to die there on the court. But he got out there and exchanged. Was it not the f- food poisoning? I've always heard it was the flu. Was it flu poisoning? Maybe it's sure a combination it was the of the two things. I'd always heard that it was the flu, but I considered myself a, a good Michael Jordan historian, but I don't know. We'll see. Can we get a fact check on that real quick? And he was sick out there. Could have been the flu. Could have been. Uh, my, at that time, maybe it was. But the thing was, like Charlie said, he was a hero. That Look, even though he was super sick with something that kills like 50, 60,000 people every single year, he was a hero getting out there and playing. Look how strong he is. And now we're just like, oh, someone tested positive and they're asymptomatic for something that has a very low likelihood of actually hurting them whatsoever. And we hold them out for a week to where they can't play any sports. And we are so far removed from the heroic days of playing, even though you were sick. It's it's disgusting. What did he have, Charlie? Oh, so this is interesting, by the way. So I think this comparison has been made because now it's been debunked. Okay, no, because flu. it's known as the flu game. <laughs> I know. But now all so these articles stuff. and all these articles in 2021 have updated this to let everybody know that it was linked to a, a Utah delivery pizza service, and so it wasn't really the flu game. Jordan admitted Utah. It so it was a poison. jazz fan trying to get to him. Actually, is what it was mm-hmm. trying to poison him. I see. I got you. So, yeah. What's interesting is all these articles were updated this year. Well, Dude, so it turns out that uh, I'm sure if he would have had the flu, there's no way that he would have played. And oh, so he didn't want to get anybody else. So sick. the entire point is destroyed right there. The um, the CDC has updated us and letting us know that no, Michael Jordan did not play with the flu. So I stand corrected on that. My entire childhood is ruined, but let's go ahead. All right. So President Biden plans to deliver remarks Tuesday tomorrow on the status of the fight against COVID, including new steps the administration will be taking to help communities in need of assistance, the White House official told Axios. The president will also issue a stark warning of what the winter will look like for Americans that choose to remain unvaccinated, the official said. Never mind that a lot of people... Who are getting Omicron or testing positive with it um, are vaccinated, folks. Yeah, but they're not getting they're not getting as sick as the other people are with this deadly Omicron variant. 
Professional sports teams and entertainment venues, as well as corporations and schools, have all announced cancellations and closures in recent days. The NBA rescheduled five more games over the weekend after the NHL and NFL rescheduled several games last week. Radio City Music Hall canceled the Rockettes' remaining Christmas shows, and iHeartRadio's Jingle Bell concert in Miami was scrapped. Just two major examples of a flurry of live entertainment halted in cities across the U.S. Schools around the country, including New York, Maryland, uh, District of Columbia, and Missouri, shifted to virtual learning in the days leading up to their holiday breaks, Insider reported. As Americans prepare for their holiday plans, they are running into difficulty finding rapid COVID tests amid surging case rates. Causing some to rethink their gatherings, the Washington Mm. Post says. I think there's four families rethinking their (laughs) gatherings, but that's some. (laughs) Now, why would they be running into difficulty finding rapid COVID tests? No clue. It's probably because no one's one's created any. That's Mm. why no one has any. And there are still, by the way, still companies that are that are approved in the in the UK for you to be able to use their tests that they cannot sell here in the US. Actually, all of them, but two. I think we have two mm. available here, and really only only one of them. That one that you see is a, the super Binax common. Now. Yeah, the Binax one. By Abbott. The shortage was pretty obvious to anyone who tried to find rapid tests on pharmacy shelves this weekend, or even if they tried to order them. The CVS site declared that Binax Now, a common antigen self-test, is out of stock online. Mm. Testing shouldn't be just the gold ring at the end of an obstacle course, said Adrian Castelletti. Don't don't test. It's not good enough to check and see whether or not you have COVID. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're trying to do here. What you need to do is sit at home. Don't do anything. And get 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 vaccinated and then sit at home. Uh, The closures and cancellations are also widespread overseas. The Netherlands reimposed a strict lockdown, and the UK is keeping the door open to similar measures. CNN reported while Paris canceled its New Year's Eve fireworks. Mm. So, Mm. folks, it's getting getting nasty out there. Um, You should be really, be afraid. And this is... You know, we're doing this based on the cases. We know that it seems to be a lot more mild. There are still, uh, there, listen, if it is so widespread that so many millions of people get it, and it is a very low percentage of those people that get sick enough to be hospitalized, if it spreads so fast that it could still be bad enough that people could overwhelm the healthcare systems. But what I want to know is, what, what have we, we're just going back to a bunch of things that we've already done. And, didn't a, do and anything. acting like it worked the last time. It didn't. We've got no data saying any of this stuff worked at all. The lockdowns didn't find out that those worked. The the indoor masking stuff like that, we didn't see that that worked. The travel restrictions, well, that really made a lot of sense. The, uh, as we can see, the travel restrictions made total sense because now Omicron is limited only to South Africa. We don't have to worry about it anywhere else, you know, because we did those travel restrictions. And so we're, we're just going back to a bunch of things that didn't work the last time. We got one that's more contagious than the last one. And we're thinking that the same stuff that didn't work the last time is going to work on the one that's even more contagious than the last one. Does anyone think that that makes sense? How does, how does this even work in people's minds? And people are sick of this, by the way. I've got family members um, that are very much in the... Uh, be very strict about COVID, very scared of it. This is the worst thing to ever happen. Uh, you shouldn't be allowed to go anywhere if you're not vaccinated, all that stuff. Guess what? We're still getting together for Christmas. They think all that stuff and say all that stuff. 
but I'm still going to see them on Christmas. Uh, that you know, that's about as far as people will take it as online or when they're talking to people, and that's about it. But uh, but I'm still going to see them. So speaking of stuff that doesn't work, the well, Atlanta- and look and now now like I'm I'm getting really pissed off, and now's the time where Liberty needs to make the comeback, or or it's going to get worse, folks. Yeah, because um, they'll they'll use anything to control you. You think we're not going to have a new variant next year? Right. Is, it, is this going to stop? Like we if, could have a new variant before the end of 2021. If we're not talking about hospitalizations and deaths, and all we care about is the number of cases, then we're never going to be allowed to do anything. Because you could start doing this with, with anything. The common, the common cold, as we talked about earlier, with the flu. Eventually, this is going to work itself down to be in the, about the same danger level as the flu, and we're going to have to justify lockdowns for coronavirus variants. So that's going to justify the lockdowns for the flu, uh, which, uh, as those get worked down, are going to justify lockdowns for people getting the common cold. And they're always going to be able to do this. It, we can't. We can't allow it. to. Have, luckily, we live in a state where, like, we don't need to protest anything because I just went to a show last night at the Grand Ole Opry. It was packed full of people. No one wearing a mask. I think I saw, like, five people wearing a mask there at the show. Uh, people at the at Opry Mills Mall walking around shopping. Almost no one had a mask. You know how Opry Mills is right before Christmas. Oh, yeah. Packed in with everyone right there. And... Listen, people are just going to go about living their lives and the government's going to keep acting like they're keeping people safe. Meanwhile, we're really just going to do whatever we want and eventually it's going to fizzle itself out again and they'll act like the stuff that they did worked. I went to a show at TPAC, Tennessee Performing Arts Center, and masks were required, by the way, and no one was wearing them. Yeah. (laughs) Even though the actual business had them required, uh, no one was wearing them. Yeah, the the and business there, doesn't want to There were so many people that weren't wearing them that they no one was telling them to put them on. They can't afford to have to send everyone outside. They literally, yeah. The, no one would be at the show. So, yeah. um, sp- Speaking of stuff that doesn't work, I wanted to give some props here to The Atlantic and David uh, Zweig or Zweig, I don't know which one it is, for putting his job on the line right here, talking about the CDC's flawed case for wearing masks in school. And he outlines why these uh, studies are complete bull malarkey in the Atlantic. can't believe this is in the science section. I know. The Atlantic. I know. It's the Atlantic.com slash science slash archive of 2021. So they put this in the science archive. So going along, talking about this, he talks about the WHO, for example, not recommending masks for children under the age of six. The European Center for Disease Prevention and Control recommends against the use of masks for any children in primary school. So he said, seen in this context, the CDC is taking an especially aggressive stance, recommending that all kids two and older should be masked in school. And here's where it gets a little crazy. Now, we just spewed some... Uh, misinformation about Michael Jordan having the flu. I'm trying to rethink my whole life right now. Now that I found that out, I don't even know if I like the guy anymore. Uh, but on here's a little bit more potential misinformation, but coming from the top, on September 26th, the CDC's director, Rachel Walensky, Rochelle. brought out a... Rochelle Walensky marched out a stunning new statistic. She cited a study published two days earlier, which looked at data from about a thousand public schools in Arizona. The ones that didn't have mask mandates, she said, were three and a half times as likely to experience COVID outbreaks as the ones that did. So they've been out there touting this number. The schools that don't have masking 
are three and a half times more likely to have COVID outbreaks. And that's, you know, that's a lot when you're a parent or an administrator or something thinking about that stuff. That seems like a lot. But the Arizona study at the center of the CDC's back to school blitz turns out to have been profoundly misleading. Uh, Jonathan Ketchum, a public health economist at Arizona State, said you can't learn anything about the effects of school mask mandates from this study. The data being touted by the CDC, which showed a dramatic more than tripling of risk for unmasked students, ought to be excluded from the debate. This is from The Atlantic, by the way, so you got to point out when this stuff happens. The Arizona study's lead authors stand by their work, and so does the CDC. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they? But the critics were forthright in their harsh assessments. Noah Hart Haber, an interdisciplinary scientist and co-author of a systematic review of COVID-19 mitigation policies, called the research so unreliable that it probably should not have been entered into the public discourse. Hmm. So the study uh, published in the CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report looked at school-associated outbreaks in Maricopa and Pima counties. Did I say Pima? I don't know. Comparing rates across schools with and without mask mandates for students and staff. The school year starts very early in Arizona, mid-July, so we had the advantage of being able to get an early look at the data, one of the lead authors said. The early look revealed that just 16 outbreaks had occurred among the 210 schools that had mask mandates in place for the start of the class versus 113 outbreaks among the 480 schools that had no mandates at all. According to the authors, this amounted to a 3.5-fold increase in incidence of outbreaks for the no-mandate schools. So here's some trouble with it. They also say, the authors say they evaluated the association between the policies uh, during July 15th to August 31st. So they went in and looked at this. After reviewing school calendars and speaking with school administrators in Maricopa and Pima counties, they found that only a small proportion of the schools in the study were open at any point in July. They started at July 15th. Some didn't begin class until August 10th. The study only went until August 31st. Others were open from July 19th or July 21st. That means students in a later group of schools had twice as much time, six weeks instead of three weeks, in which to develop a COVID outbreak. That means they were comparing people who had had twice as much time and interactions with people than the other group. So already the study's BS, just right there. It's completely skewed. Right there. So the ones without mask, the ones without the mandates were open longer overall. That's like, so you guys know little, you know, science experiments. I don't know if you've done this with Petri dishes, right? But imagine you, you know, you take a Petri dish, you swipe your phone and you swipe, you know, the toilet, whatever. And you put that little there and you watch the bacteria grow on your little Petri dish or whatever. So imagine it's the same thing as if you started one three weeks before the other one. And then you're like, oh, wow, look at the growth. At the, it's obvious. It's good. That's that a good example. It's obvious that this one's way worse. Yeah. Even though they've, it's had three weeks longer to grow. Yeah. Um, Ketchum and others also criticized the Arizona study's use of school-related outbreaks rather than cases per student per week as a relevant outcome. The measure of two cases in a school is problematic. Uh, let's see. Louise Ann McNutt. A former Epidemic Intelligence Service officer for the CDC uh, said, said it doesn't tell us that transmission occurred in the school. 
She pointed to the fact that according to Maricopa County guidelines, students are considered close contacts of an, in, of an infected student and thus subject to potential testing and quarantine, or if that infected student were unmasked. As a result, students in Maricopa schools with mask mandates may have been less likely than students in schools without mandates to get tested. So the ones that to were... To get in, tested? Yeah, the ones that were in the mask mandated schools were less likely to be tested. So now we have two things here. Double the amount of time for the no mandates and a lot higher likelihood of being tested in the schools with no mandates. That's such huge variables. Science. Science. Trust the science, Science. Charlie. Trust the science. Look at us denying science on this podcast Mm -hmm. right now. This creates what's known as a detection bias, she said, which could grossly affect the study's findings. She believes that masks are an important prevention tool in the pandemic, but she maintained the Arizona study doesn't answer the specific question that it purports to answer whether mask mandates for students reduce the spread of SARS-CoV-2. God, how can these people even be serious right now? Yeah. How do you sleep at night? This is like literally confirmation bias testing or, or, or studies, you know? It's like, oh, let's set up a study where it, that it's massively in our favor, and then we'll, we'll shout that from the rooftops. Because, you know, most people aren't going to actually look into the actual study. Yeah, they're just gonna be like, well, the CDC says three and a half times more likely. I hear that all the time, by the way. Oh, well, if you look at the, you know, look at the study that the CDC put it three and a half times more. How about then, you look at the study? And it's like, well, why? What did the study find? Why? Well, the CDC says three and a half times more. It's, well, what was the parameters of the study? Well, that doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't trust the scientists and the CDC to perform this study accurately. The answer is no. The answer is no. No, we don't trust them. There are other issues. An economics professor, Jason Abeluk at Yale, uh, called the Arizona study ridiculous for failing to control for the vaccination status of staff and students. So they said if more people were immunized at the schools with mask mandates, or if those schools were more likely to have other mitigation measures in place, such as improved ventilation, then they would likely have seen fewer outbreaks regardless. That's another thing. If you're at a school where everyone was okay with there being a mask mandate, you might also be at a school that's filled with people that were also more likely to be vaccinated, which would probably have a somewhat lower incidence of spreading around the virus at those places. According to the paper, data on vaccination coverage were unavailable, so they just weren't able to do it. So we'll just go without it. No problem. Even basic elements of the data set inspire some concerns. According to the paper, 782 of the 999 public uh, schools in Marico- were in Maricopa County. In response to public records requests, Arizona Department of Education sent what it said was the same list of schools that had been provided to the researchers, with 891 relevant entries for Maricopa. But closer inspection revealed about 40 of them were virtual learning academies. 20 of them were preschools and 90 were vocational programs associated with otherwise listed schools that left most roughly uh, 740 schools for inclusion in the study not 782 so they even double counted some of them they said some of the vocational schools associated with the other ones and some of them were virtual learning places if dozens of entries were inappropriately included in the final data set were the outbreaks counted for them too so some of those just didn't get counted at all some of them got double counted it's it's ridiculous. Then they talk about the Georgia study where they studied nine hundred. They studied ninety thousand students in Georgia. This was the first one that they were pushing. So how different is this one? The Arizona one said that you were three point five times more likely 
to get COVID or have outbreaks in the schools that didn't have masks. The one in Georgia said that the incidence of COVID was 37% lower in schools where staff were required to wear masks and 21% lower in schools where the, where the kids were required to have masks. It was actually less low in the ones that had uh, masks required for kids. So, but then of course they also did not account for other mitigation measure, measures, social distancing, ventilation, things like that, that the, that those schools had as well. You so you vari- can't prove that it was the mass. You mean the variables, variables. I learned this yeah. in like third grade. Yeah. Right. When you have, when you have a science experiment, you have a hypothesis, right? And then you want to test whether or not that hypothesis is true based on, um, the variables in the study. And you have to account for the variables that could be widely affected, but no, I mean, you learned that in third grade, but now with advances in modern science, these this are, is the modern science theory. These the are MST. apparently science, modern science theory. <laughs> That's good. Modern yeah. science theory means that you don't need the control for variables. No. Yeah. No. I, we learned this as in long the, as the data supports your hypothesis. Apparently these scientists never participated in a science fair when they were in the seventh grade. They just <laughs> never did that. No. They didn't have Mr. Bramer telling them that their science experiment wasn't valid because of all the variables or anything like that. So uh, they finish up with this Biden. Is, this is really important. I think this last paragraph with Biden in the white house, the CDC has promised to follow the science and its COVID policies. Yet the circumstances around the Arizona study seem to show the opposite. Dubious research has been cited after the fact without transparency in support of existing agency guidance. Quote, research requires trust and the ability to verify work. Ketchum, the ACU public health economist, said, told me that's the heart of science. The saddest part of this is the erosion of trust. And that has been the problem all along, yep. by the way. Um, I've said that from the very beginning. It's, 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 this is a, an outrage against the trust um, and the fact that we can't trust the government to begin with. And so it's trust in the whole system. Yeah, you can't. And once they lie to you about something or you see that they're throwing out shoddy studies on something, you can't believe anything else they say after that, unless they go on a track record of years of everything that you test and see that that they were actually telling the truth with it. But they're not. They're constantly making these missteps or these decisions to present false information so they can push their narrative out there. And why would you trust anything that they ever have to say? And now that you've lost trust in the relationship, okay, you, anytime you question anything, they just gaslight you. Mm-hmm. So we're really got, we're, we're in a relationship with a, a, a psychotic government. Yes. It's literally a psychopath. We are in the same thing. We are in an abusive relationship with a bunch of narcissistic people that work in Washington, D.C. Yes. And so now what's happening now is the time for liberty. Um, I know people are still mentioning the fact that I'm vaccinated. Look, (laughs) I made I made a decision for myself and my family. I still think it's safer to be vaccinated than it is to not be. But I I also empathize and sympathize with people who don't trust anything the government has to say. Okay, so like that's up to you. And I'm also against mandates. So I still I'm probably going to get the booster um, for I know I'll let you guys know how it goes. Um, And because I still think it's safer to be vaccinated than not. Um, And so that's the decision for me and my family. My wife works in, in the ER. And so for our house, for my house, my personal decision um, is to be vaccinated. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, and so... But Charlie's happy about this next story right here. He jumped for joy when he found out about no, this. No, I didn't. I actually hate this. Super pumped. I'm against the mandates. <laughs> I don't know how many times I can say that. I'm completely against this, and I think this is an abhorrent decision. Completely. Um, absolutely insane. I'd be, I'm going to be really interested to see what the Supreme Court does, and we'll know exactly where they, where they stand. I have a feeling I'm going to be disgusted, especially reading the... Reading the opinion here is just completely gross. Yeah. So I'm a little is, worried about what's actually going to come from the su Supreme Court on this. They've been all over the place, so I um, don't know. So this is from NPR.org. Biden's vaccine or test rule for 84 million workers is back after courts after the court lifts the stay. So Biden administration rule that requires workers at companies with 100 or more employees to be vaccinated against COVID or undergo weekly testing is back on. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals lifted a stay on the rule Friday evening. Now, this is the circuit that won the lottery, so to speak, because there were so many um, there were so many cases in, I don't know, I think 11 out of the 12 districts. An alarming amount of cases. Yes. And so what they do shut them down. is they basically put it into one case and they do a, a circuit lottery in the Sixth Circuit one. Um, so they're the ones that, that rule on this. So they lifted the stay Friday evening. Um, in dozens of lawsuits around the country, Republican-led states, businesses, religious groups, and some individuals charged the Biden administration with overreach. Among their arguments, OSHA does not have the legal authority to issue a rule regarding a society-wide health concern that goes far beyond the workplace. Even if reducing the risk of COVID is compelling, it is not necessarily a grave danger, as OSHA has declared it to be, they said. In addition, they argued that complying with the rule would be costly and could lead to worker shortages. A three-judge panel of the six, uh, Sixth Circuit found these injuries asserted by the petitioners to be, quote, entirely speculative and the cost of delaying implementation of the rule to be comparatively high. Listen to this from the Sixth Circuit here, quote, fundamentally, the rule is an important step in curtailing the transmission of a deadly virus that has killed over 800,000 people in the United States brought our healthcare system to its knees, forced businesses to shut down for months on end, and caused hundreds of thousands of workers their jobs. Does COVID have a SWAT team? So we So we need we need to implement a rule that would cost hundreds of thousands of more people their jobs. Yeah. And yeah. also bring healthcare worker system to its knees because like now that sounds like healthcare policy opinion from a circuit court judge. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is what's so disgusting. Quote, now listen to what they say here. If you th this is so egregious to me. Quote, the harm to the government and the public interest outweighs any irreparable injury to the individual petitioners who may be subject to a vaccination policy. The harm to the government? So the government has found that the harm to themselves is far outweighs. And she said here, any irreparable injury. She is working as a as a defense attorney for OSHA right now, is what she's doing. It's she's not even talking about the constitutionality, whether or not OSHA has the authority to do what they're doing. She's talking about whether or not on a public health level she she thinks it's a good idea. Nothing about mm -hmm. the constitutionality or the legality of the whole thing. Nope. Not at all. They're just deciding which one uh, outweighs the other. And so it's the government. 
This they could make it. They could use this any time if they think they're going to make a ruling that could potentially save someone's life if they rule on it in this way. Then hey, yeah, that's what I think we should do. But let's not even go back to the Constitution or the legality of what OSHA's doing. Uh, I I think it'll save some lives if we do this. Basically, works for OSHA. So, you saw the same thing when it came to um, HUD. Was it HUD? No, the CDC extending a stay on on uh, or extending the moratorium on um um what do you call evictions it? evictions and so well i mean what happened there is the supreme court was like yeah they can't do that but it ends in 30 days so we're not going <laughs> to take the case and then they extended it and this, finally the supreme court was like yeah they can't do that it, so something similar here but um anyway so just so you know guys the harm to the government and public interest it outweighs any irreparable uh, any irreparable injury to you so as expected by Saturday morning, dozens of businesses, business groups and religious organizations had asked the Supreme Court for a new emergency stay. So unfortunately, everybody's out on Christmas holiday, so we'll see what happens. The National Retail Federation said it would continue to prepare its members to comply with this onerous mandate, but added it would not be feasible for employers to do so during the holiday season. We got to get the Christmas gifts out first, folks. It's not feasible to comply with the vaccine mandate because we're just too busy right now. <laughs> There's too many people in our places right now. We need too many workers Buying in the workplace things. right now. Uh, we just can't comply with it until it's unnecessary. <laughs> we just can't. The White House It's an emergency, by the way, Charlie. The White House welcomed the appeals court decision reiterating that the rule will ensure businesses will enact measures to protect employees. It's about your your protection, folks. In a statement, the White House pointed out that the highly transmissible Omicron variant makes it critical we move, we move forward with vaccination requirements and protections for workers with the urgency needed in this moment, even though several people who are vaccinated uh, have the Omicron variant. Mm, mm-hmm whether they are symptomatic or not. Just before midnight, the Labor Department announced that OSHA would not issue citations for noncompliance with the testing requirement before February 9th. So long as the employer is exercising reasonable good faith efforts to come into compliance. OSHA had estimated that the vaccine or test rule could save more than 6,500 lives and prevent over 250,000 hospitalizations in the six months that it would be in, in effect. Uh, never mind, it would cost about at least 500,000 jobs. I Bad bet. economics doesn't kill people, though. Don't no, worry about that. 6,500 lives. Now, I don't want those people to die. But we're talking about something that, you know, say, 800,000 people have died from. And we're talking about this mandate that's such a big deal that we're going to require it through all these businesses saving 6,500 potential lives. According to the data right now, that's, a, that's about a week's worth of people that are dying from COVID right now. I still think it's around, it's around a thousand a day or maybe ticking up some right now is what, what they're saying. Uh, it's, they're admitting right there that this mandate is going to have essentially no statistical effect on the amount of deaths that we have. So anyhow. In addition to the vaccine and testing requirements, the rule requires companies to determine who among their workers are vaccinated and who are not, and to enforce a mask mandate for unvaccinated workers. Because vaccinated people can't spread the virus, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's no transmission between <laughs> vaccinated people that can't carry it. The new deadline for those steps is January 10th, again, after the holiday season here, folks. 
The ruling is a big victory for the Biden administration vis-a-vis private employers. Earlier this year, companies that implemented vaccine mandates on their own saw a dramatic uptake of vaccinations among their workers. Tyson Food and United Airlines reached vaccination rates of more than... 95 percent after they fired all the unvaccinated people yes that's how they reached 95 percent neither offered their employees a testing option the biden administration's attempts to similar uh, to similarly similarly mandate vaccines for healthcare workers and federal contractors are currently held up in courts its mandate covering healthcare workers at facilities that receive Medicaid or Medicare funding remains blocked in about half the states, while its mandate for federal contractors remains blocked nationwide. Those cases could also end up at the Supreme Court. I guarantee they probably all will. Yep. Or the Supreme Court will roll them all into one and and make a decision on whether or not the executive branch has this uh, power. One thing I want to say real quick, we've said it several times before, this this case that they are talking about is the Daily Wire's case. Uh, this is the one that is going to end up making it to the Supreme Court, more than likely. I think it is so cool. Ben Shapiro should argue it himself. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be a good PR move. Does he still right have there. a license? I don't know, but he should get one and argue it. That is a great PR move right there. I mean, I guess it's not televised, so it's not a... Not a big deal, but oh, they'll be recorded though. That's true. Um, it's a. Uh, I think it's a pretty cool that the Daily Wire is able to grow so big and have so many people listening to them. You know, just like oh, I'm going to start a podcast or I'm going to start a website. I'm going to do something like that. Eventually, it just grows so big that you're the person taking the case to the Supreme Court. That's something that we should all aspire to, and we are aspiring to over here. It is possible to actually affect some change. You just got to get. You just got to get really big, you know? You just got to donate $5 a month to goodmorninglibertylocals.com. Exactly. And some of that's <laughs> going to go to the Daily Wire because I did up my subscription to them because they are the ones taken to the Supreme Court. I upped it from whatever the lowest amount was to the $14 a month or, or whatever it was to do that. Also because I wanted to see the Jordan Peterson thing they just did yep. last weekend. They so got you with that. Mark they got rate. me with the Jordan Peterson thing. They, <laughs> they did. Sure did. I was at the low level before that. Um, so one thing, I think the Supreme Court might make us happy on this one. We'll see. One thing that you typically see with these courts is when you're, when you are pre, just say enforcement. So if they can't find harm against someone yet, and you're just trying to block it before it goes into effect, we're seeing the same thing with say like the Texas abortion case. They allowed that to go on because the people that were um, suing it and bringing it to the court, basically, couldn't prove any injury. they couldn't prove injury yet. And so they said earlier in this article, they said the three judge panel found these injuries asserted by the petitioners to be entirely speculative. And so they're not proving the injury yet. And so this is going to take some more time. But after the thing goes into, a, after it actually goes into effect and we see fines or whatever happens, uh, there's going to be a lot more case for this to be taken out by the Supreme Court. So we are still in the very early stage of emergency right now. Uh, but it will be interesting to see what the court ends up coming out with. We'll see. Um, one more thing we'll finish up with here. Joe Manchin from West Virginia. President, a President Joe President Manchin. Manchin. <laughs> uh, I, independent, he said he would be more likely to switch to independent. He's not switching to Republican, he said. So he said that he would switch to Potentially switch to an independent and work with the Democrats still, basically. But it's going to be 
maybe switching away from that. Um, he delivers potential fatal blow to Biden's $1.75 trillion spending bill. Thanks, Joe, for saying no. Joe Manchin on this, not Biden, for saying no on this so far. From Reuters, a moderate Democrat, Manchin, a moderate Democrat who was key to President Joe Biden's hopes of passing the Build Back Better plan, said on Sunday he would not support the package, drawing a sharp rebuke from the White House. Manchin appeared to deal a fatal blow to Biden's signature domestic policy bill, known as Build Back Better, which aims to expand social safety net and tackle climate change. I'm sure it will. I'm sure I'm sure it would. I cannot, he said, I cannot vote to continue with this piece of legislation. He said on Fox News Sunday, he went on Fox News to say that he wasn't going to do it. Uh, citing concerns about inflation, he said, I just can't. I have tried everything humanly possible. He then released a statement accusing this party of pushing for an increase in the debt load that would drastically hinder the ability of the country to respond to the coronavirus pandemic and geopolitical threats. He said, my Democratic colleagues in Washington are determined to dramatically reshape our society in a way that leaves our country even more vulnerable to the threats we face. The White House responded angrily, accusing him of breaking his promise to find common ground and get the bill passed. Mm. He broke his promise. Like, he didn't end up going along with what we wanted to do, so he broke his pro- promise to find common ground on the bill. Exactly. He's <laughs> obviously a, a Republican now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, little things like this make me... And, Stuff with the courts, too, although we just talked about them lifting a stay. It is important to remember that we do have a a decent system. It is impressive that they were able to create the system, and it's only deteriorated to the point that it's at right now. Uh, even though the president definitely wants this, and 48 to 49 of the senators, I don't know where Cinema's at on it. Kirsten Cinema's probably like, man. I'm glad Joe finally came out and said no. Now she's probably going to be like, oh, I think we should pass Bill back better. Right. Totally should. Exactly. I'm fully support this bill because she could do that now. She totally, uh, totally could. But imagine that, folks. He lied. Yeah. He lied to the to the president um, because at first he was like, yeah, I'm not doing the, what was it? The three trillion or four trillion? Yeah, whatever. It was three, I think, at yeah. first. And he was like, yeah, I could probably do something like one, one and a half trillion or whatever. But it's it's nice to see at least someone have some common sense when it comes to inflation being at well the reported six and a half percent is probably higher than that. Uh, we all know that. Uh, just look at the value of the dollar. We're still going to have more down the line too because the wholesale inflation was nine point two percent somewhere in there nine point something percent, and those prices are that inflation is going to trickle down later on we were looking at the design catalog for our house that we're building um, for the next phase so there's another phase going in our community everything on the design catalog went up by at least 10 percent so the the prices that we picked for what we chose in our home uh, they all went up by 10 percent so sweet that's uh pretty interesting yeah yeah all of them did uh, this is a, it's a good thing overall. I've been trying to think about what they were going to do going into next year because there's an election, big election season coming up next year. They're going to have to get people really upset about this. Uh, they're definitely going to be using this as, uh, different points for the election. Another thing, by the way, Biden said that they were not going to continue uh, deferring the student loans that people are going to have to start paying those. I think starting back in February. That's another good election piece for them. It might be because Biden was one of the people who led the legislation on not being allowed to declare bankruptcy on your student loans. Possibly. <laughs> He's, yeah, possibly. I, maybe. I don't think it has anything to do. I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah. I'm grasping at straws. 
I think what it is straw man argument. I think what it is is the House is going to propose legislation to uh, to write off all the debt, to cancel all the student loan payments, and they're going to get people really worked up about that. And they're going to say that they don't have enough votes. They need the votes in the House and the Senate. The vote will be scheduled. Uh, maybe they'll have a vote before the election, but they'll have another really big vote after the election. And uh, they'll obviously need to win their elections if you want to have your student loans canceled. Then that bill is going to be on the table and they'll be able to use this as a piece for the election. And this part right here will as well. They will still have a big bill that's going to promise to fix everything in your life. Everything's going to be better. Uh, We're going to go into more panic over COVID, people getting shut down, people losing their jobs. Are we going to need more unemployment benefits? Are we going to need more stimulus payments? Things like that. Well, if the Democrats lose the election, you're not going to get any of that stuff because Republicans would never pass anything with unemployment or stimulus in it. They wouldn't wouldn't do something like that. And so you're going to have to vote all of these Democrats in the office. I just think there's a bunch of maneuvering here trying to build up the most amount of things to get people upset for when it comes to the 2022 elections. If I put on my election, my, my electioneering conspiracy hat right there, that's what I would say. I don't know. What do you guys think? Y'all let us know. Send me an email, charlie at goodmorningliberty.us. Send it right on over. And by the way, big news, Charlie, I don't know if you saw it. You can now leave a rating on Spotify. Well, how about that? Not a review though. But you can leave a rating. It takes a second. You just hit the stars right there at the top, and then you pick how many stars you want to do, and then, then it's done. How many after that. How many stars are available? Five. Okay. Five of the stars. So, so I posted five. on Twitter earlier. You can leave us, if you like Liberty, four to, four to five stars. If you leave less than that, we assume that you're a communist, and there's nothing you can do to convince us otherwise. And that's fine if you want to be a communist. It's totally fine. It's a free country. It's kind of a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so you can go leave a, a rating on Spotify if that is where you were listening. I also want to tell everyone that you want to get ready for 2022. And if you have ever been interested in trading in the stock market, now is the time to go to mastermytrades.com. We got new plans out there. While everyone else is raising their prices, I was like, you know what? I think we need to go just a, a, a teeny bit cheaper and give people the ability to pay lifetime access and yearly access at hugely discounted rates. Which several people have taken advantage of, by yes. the way. And um, it's, um, if you are interested, you want to be ready for 2022. Stop letting these years get away from you. You know, it's time to fix it. The best time to learn how to trade was this time in 2020. You know, the second best time is now. That's as the old English proverb goes. Yeah. That's uh, that's what they say. The so, best time is today. The best, yeah, right now is the best. Well, the best time was yesterday. This is the second best time right now. Yes. You don't want to go to the third best time. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. No. Okay. You're missing out. So click on that link and get started. I go live every morning, even when I don't want to most of the time uh, at 8 a.m. Central standard time and we got a fun bunch of folks in there a lot of them are also hanging out with us on the podcast chat uh, a lot of them aren't also so just go on there maybe make some new friends find some stonks trade some stuff learn a new skill and i i highly recommend it because i could sit there and stare at charts all day freaking the number it. one I'm strategy obsessed. that we um that we're going over ended the year at what or basically ended the year where well it um yeah, if you if you traded the strategy accurately the entire year, and of course you're going to have human error. 
Um, the one that we're doing, doing uh, right now is uh, 1,400%. 1400%. But now that is not a guarantee of what you're going to get. Now that is trading five days a week. It was around 600% for people trading three days a week. Um, and that's without any human error. You're going to have some of that. But the what that should tell you, though, is that there is an easy way to learn how to get in there and trade. It's up to you whether or not you learn how to do it uh, as properly as you should. It's going to take some time. There's some mechanical stuff right. going on, risk management, things like that. But there are strategies out there, so you can learn them at mastermindtrades.com. And we will teach you how to do it without any real money to start, which is how you should trade. Mm -hmm. You should trade without real money until you get the hang of it. Or we, uh, Nate did a whole one, uh, one, the one share challenge, one share yeah. challenge yeah. to show everyone what you can do with, with one share just to get the hang of actually trading. So mastermytrades.com or master my stocks. Yeah. If, if you prefer stocks, we do because stocks only go up. Mm. Uh, so mastermystocks.com. As he said, sign up on uh, Locals, goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Be part of the live group in 2022. Uh, I don't I don't think we'll reach 1,000 episodes by the summer. Probably no. not, but no. we might still uh, plan a Nate Fest every single year. So to be a part of that, you have to get into the live group. There is a discount if you sign up for the whole year, so be a part of that. We have some big things coming next year. Nate and I are going to do our year-end review um, coming up next week, and we have a lot of good things on the whiteboard. Mm -hmm. A lot of things spelled out on the whiteboard that we've got coming for y'all, um, potentially an internship and some other things as we continue to grow um, and spread the message of liberty. It's, it's, it's now. Now is the best time for liberty. It was yesterday, but <laughs> today is the yeah. best time for liberty. So... Uh, anybody interested in those types of things, please send us an email. We've got people writing. Uh, we have other things going on. So there's going to be a lot of things to look forward to in 2022. Two, just press two for a while with a zero in there. 2022. That's right. Folks. So get in the know. Uh, just go to goodmorningliberty.us. That's where you can find everything. Mm -hmm. Right there on the website, goodmorningliberty.us. We appreciate every single one of you. And subscribe on YouTube. If you do all of those things, that's a lot to do. This yeah, time. that was a long Spotify ad. is the easiest one. It's, it's a one-second click if you listen on Spotify. But if you do everything else and that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.